If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Bank System podcast. This is our 2023 RBC Heritage Tips podcast, episode 253. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA Tour action in South Carolina. Good morning, PW. Good morning, Steve. How are you? We're good. Nice and sunny over here in the UK. Can't argue. Indeed. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with my in depth betting preview, strokes gained analysis for the RBC. I'll, I'll be going into that in a short while. Course form statistics combined with current form stats, plus our brand spanking new predictor model. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge with no payable. We're available on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Don't forget if you're listening to this podcast on YouTube, please press the like button. We have a review here. As we do every week, we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the interview. In the interview, in the review even. Right. <laughs> this one is entitled, I think we're the only podcast at the moment, uh, Paul, that don't incentivize people to leave five-star reviews. All right. I saw stuff last week about, oh, if you can give us 500, 500-star reviews, we'll be giving away all this and that, that and the other. Is that what they call organic growth? Uh, it seems a little disingenuous to me, Steve. Mm, I thought so. Uh, top Notch is the title of this one. Top-notch tips, week in, week out, from detailed course information and statistical analysis to player form and course history. The logic behind the tips is well-packaged and delivered. Keep up the good work, fellas. Five stars, exclamation mark. And that's from the Shadecaster. And Shadecaster uh, Caster is in the US of A. That's very, very much appreciated. Yes, thank you very much for the review. Much appreciated. Keep them coming. We're not going to give you any money or cars or <laughs> mortgage payments or anything like that. But keep those five stars of reviews coming. Apparently, other podcasters have worked out that it helps their um, podcast rankings, Bob. Yeah, but it's got to look organic, Steve. Yeah, when you're getting 500 <laughs> in a week, I'd suggest that's not looking very organic. No, absolutely. Uh, dear. Right. Let's talk about the Masters. Mm. Loads of trends. Yep. We said all along, fast start. So I tweeted out on Friday morning about 6am, as soon as I woke up, I said, Rory McIlroy is not going to win the Masters. He's far too far behind already. And you get, you know, you get differences of opinion. People coming back, oh, going, oh don't talk... A- Oh, trends are there to be busted, especially from a player like Rory McIlroy. I still fancy him, blah, 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 Mr. Cup. Yep. 
And then after round two, it becomes even more specific. You've got to be within two to three shots. Yeah. Um, pretty much. So it, it, you just knew at that point, Kepka and Rahm were away. It's not and, the and if you don't have one of those, it's like, oh, okay. It isn't one of those courses where you can successfully chase. It just come back and bite you on the backside if you push too hard. So, you know, there's a, there's a few guys towards the end who, you know, put a final decent final round. But yes, you know, to be in the in the heat of the battle, you need to be up with the pace. And it didn't look like it with Ram, did it? After the first hole where he full putted it. Um, wow! But yeah, to recover from there, uh, obviously nine under for the remaining seventeen holes, tie for the lead after the first day, and yeah, looked really good. Um, yeah, but saying that, for all intents and purposes, it looked like Brooks Kepka was going to be the one, didn't he? He's, yeah. Well, they had five shot lead at one point. Um, well, that was the, that was also impressive about Ram. I still think Ram was in slightly the worst side of the draw. And like you said, when he's gone out there Friday, Kepka's five away. Mm. Easy to make a few bogeys and go the wrong way, and all of a sudden it's out of reach. Yeah. Shall I talk you through his stats for the week? Go on. Birdie or better first. Par four or better. That stat we always concentrate on. Yep. 12th last year, second this year. Mm. Going for the green, eighth. Driving distance, sixth. Distance to apex, 34th. Around the green, we said top 45 for the last four or five winners, I think it was. Yep. 17th. The perfect set. He was, you know, it was pretty much a full house, wasn't he? And you look at the fact that he'd won three times in the year already. Um, yeah. The price on him was justified. But of, of the top three, he was the player that was drifting in terms of the market. Before no one was event. interested. No? no. I think we as golf bettors, we focus so much on week-to-week form. And as soon as you start to see that disappearing in this microcosm, you think, oh, he's, he's done. Mm. The peak is... The peak is finished. Yeah. But if you actually looked at a clean sheet of paper from the very first tournament of the year, John Rahm's been the best player in the world. Three wins, wasn't it? Yeah, three wins. Yeah. But yeah, you you have to kind of create these narratives for yourself or to try and form your own decisions. And, you know, it looked like he'd dropped off a little bit. Um, Yeah, of course. You know, at the start start of the year, he was unbeatable. And, You know that that was evident, and it, you know he'd withdrawn from an event, and that I know that was for illness, but um, you know a couple of kind of thirtieth place finishes or thereabouts didn't really help justify a price that was single digits, and it drifted out. But there you go, yes, came back, and uh, and in the end, it was um, it, it, you know he wasn't under too much pressure, was he, on Sunday? Four shot, uh, four shot win in the end. Only a single bogey, which uh, you know, when you're trying to keep it together on a Sunday, um, always helps. If you if you're not erratic, if you're, you know, just keeping it steady on that final day, and that's what he did. Very impressive. Second major. Mm. We always used to say he was a bit of a for a player of his quality. Slightly, you could accuse him of being slightly underperforming at majors, but that's yeah. clearly he's getting his head around it. Yeah, 
getting his head around it. I'm just bringing up on my screen greens in regulation for the week last week. Scheffler mm-hmm. ranked number one. He hit 76.4%. Cantley two. Ram Zander tied for third. Shane Lowry top five. Yeah. Yeah, Lowry's stats overall were quite eye-catching, actually, because he led the field for driving accuracy as well. So the long game's starting to pick, or has picked back up for Lowry. Yeah. It's not been missed in the market this week, I must say, because he's been backed quite quite heavily, as you'd expect. But uh, yeah, some some good performances there. There's Um, a player I've backed in the top 10 here for GIR, so that's mm. that's nice to look into. That's a bonus, because I've only just looked at that stat. Now, all in all, it was an interesting Masters. Uh, the weather, as we as we discussed, all over the place. Um, they played as much as they could on Saturday without the electric electrical activity. So fair play, but clearly it was just a, it was a deluge when they brought them off. Yeah, uh, you got trees collapsing. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was biblical kind of stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, well, no, and and you know, fair play for them to to get it done by Sunday evening, which uh, did look in doubt, um, really from the off. But with a short field, you, there's ways and means of managing it, and um, yeah, I think they they played it uh, played it right in the end mm-hmm. to, to get us done, which was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were some really good performances out there, weren't there? You know, Sam Bennett, top amateur, um, oh, he, you know, he was right in the mix for the first couple of rounds, wasn't he? Brilliant. Um, top 20 in the end. Shame he just missed out on that top 12, which would have got him another spot next year, presumably. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, impressive nonetheless. Another one that's coming out. There's so many of these young players, just absolutely talent-packed. So I think the PJ Tour is going to be in good shape yeah. moving forward. Unless, of course, he, uh, <laughs> he goes to LIV. But a um, couple of things to mention, I think, quickly. Mm. Um the green jacket curse continues. Mm-hmm. Scheffler, I mean, can't can't knock the guy. He was first for approach, fourth for off the tee, second for tee to green, fiftieth for putting. He's still in very very good nick, Scotty Scheffler, and for a bloke that's never played the RBC this week, you you, for me of the top three in the betting, yeah, you take Scheffler. I know his favourite. I think John Rahm will sort of be living in the Big Apple for a year, day or two with the green yeah. jacket, doing all the interviews. Mm-hmm. Scheffler's come straight here. Um, plays well at Colonial. Plays well at these... He's got the full games and he's accurate off the tee. A great scrambler. The approach play at the moment is world class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scheffler at eights. You've got John Rahm 9-1 in a place at Bet365. And then you've got Patrick Cantley 11-1. Wow. Of those three, I'd take Scheffler, but we'll get onto that in a short while. But he's in, he's in good nick, Scheffler. So that was a sturdy... That, to me, was a very, very strong defence from a world number one, a top 10 finish. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was mentioned numerous times in commentary about the performance of uh, defending champions. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was solid, wasn't it? And 
as ever with Scotty, um, his long game, as you said, his tee to green game is immaculate, and he only really needs a middling putting week to get himself in the mix. And had that putter been just a little bit warmer, he could have been far mm. closer. But whether he'd have got close enough to Rahm and Kepka when he was at the top to really trouble the pair, I'm, yeah, I'm not convinced. But uh, yeah, strong nonetheless. Now you got um, full places from both Cam Young and Jordan Spieth from your main preview, which was um, just good stuff. Well done. Thank you. I think Cam Young, he, even on Friday, he, he got a good start in the second round. He just hoping that, you know, mm. just keep them. But there was too many bo- there was too many doubles. Yep. Um, so great driver of the golf ball, Young. Um, he ranked first for off the tee at the Masters. So that's telling you the kind of guy, you know, he was first, Ram second, Shane Lowry third, Scheffler fourth. Off the tee, uh, outstanding. The approach play just wasn't quite good enough for Young. But yes, um, I don't think I've ever got two full each way payouts at the Masters in 14 years of previewing. So I was pleased with that. And it did look at one point that it was all turning to the typical Masters turning to SHIT. But Mm. um, it was just nice to see Jordan have one of those Jordan rounds on Sunday and get backed up by Cam Young. Cam Young deserved the top top five finish or top eight finish there, the way he'd been hanging around all the the week. Mm. Um, Spieth. What can you say about Jordan Spieth on the 13th on Thursday? Wow. (laughs) Makes double on a hole where people are butt eagling and making birdie in the main. Three shot swing. It's you know I'd, I'd backed him um, first round leader and he was four under through eight. That's right. Um, from a perfect tee time and you know at that point you, you're looking at eight under to make the you know to be outright first round lead and that was likely to stick and it did stick as you know seven under was the eventual first round lead. So four under through eight when you're coming yeah I understand nine ten eleven there's challenges there, um, but yeah you know even under three under. Um, heading into the thirteenth, and uh, you know, it just didn't didn't improve from there. It was as you say, yeah, you made double. We got a couple of birdies back, but he did. that that was that was disappointing. But yeah, his, his final round absolutely showed what he can do, and you know, the putter warmed up. Um, you know, aside from uh, Phil Mickelson, who absolutely caught fire on Sunday, uh, you know, that was the best round of the day out there on Sunday from Spieth and. Snares and a, you know, a full place, and I, I've I've got him in my um, season-long accumulators for the majors as well. So that was nice for Spieth to sneak in there because at least it keeps the each way element of those alive as well. Who you got the um, Who you got the PGA? PGA Rory. Um, <laughs> Good luck, mate. <laughs> he yeah. might actually turn up for that one though. Yeah, but there's there's there's, there's enough to like about that. Um, well, a very soft golf course where he's a member. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, Max Homer. At the I don't US know what Open. his price is going to be like that, Paul, when he wins at Quail Hollow in a fortnight's time. Well, it's two, two legs. I've taken taken the price on. Yeah, on, so you've done it But uh, and, yeah, no, by the way, sorry. Go. On. Let me make let me make this make this public. We must back. Rory at Quail Hollow. Win only, back Rory at Quail. Right. It's just the way it is, isn't it? I'll he remind just wins you that there virtually every year, and it doesn't matter if he misses the cut or finishes second at the Masters the outing before, he just wins. So yeah. it won't be any different this year. 
But you everyone, oh, Dion, I don't know if we can back raw. Oh, don't know. And then bang, eight under par, round one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's some that he just likes. I think there's a there's an insurance cover bet there on Rory, even you know at some ridiculously low price. I think it's another one of these enhanced um, designated events as well. So yeah. you're going to have Scheffler and Rahm in there at the same event, so that might help a little bit on the price. Yeah, you should get somewhere close to double figures. Um, you're not going to get five to one like he usually is there. No, no, no. It should be reasonably backable. Anyway, I'll stop that Rory round. But um <laughs> Yes, I mean just Rory. Just this 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 grand slam thing. Mm. Uh was it Sam Sneed the only person to have done it in the in the in in the past where the Masters was the end element of the four? It, and I think he did it, it was like the second or third year of the Masters when it was kind of just establishing itself. It, there's, there's something playing on Rory's mind, and yes. whether it's that or um, everything else that's going on, I don't know. But yeah, he, you know, for him to miss the cut and you know, miss the cut quite badly in the end was was disappointing for him. Um, Justin Thomas was another one, you know, from the position he was in. Um, then to to produce a back nine like he did to miss the cut um, again, another. Strange performance. All of all of those to make the cut Ackers that would have gone down with those two missing the cut would have you know, astronomical, I expect. But yeah, no one's got a god given right to uh, to perform, so I'm sure they move on. Cam Smith won um the open, then went to live. This year we had Kepka second, as you said, had the five shot lead at one point. Mm. Phil Mickelson with the round from the gods seven under to have tied second next to his name at Augusta amazing Patrick Reed. we did say there was one that was going to hang around and be there at the finish Reed, great each way pun I think I saw 90 to 1 yeah he was tie fourth so you've got three big live names in the top 10 of the Masters this year so, <clears throat> I know it's difficult. The strokes gain data isn't there. Neiman was the next at T16. But you just cannot discount these. You cannot discount these live guys in majors. That's been proven. Mm-hmm. So, just another murkiness <clears throat> to, the, to the major picture. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is, of course, if you're collecting strokes gain data, as we are from the Masters... And we then run it through for the PGA. A lot of these live guys are just going to be percolating at the top of all those strokes gain numbers because they've had one outing, and they finish second, second, and fourth. Yeah. So it's, it's t- all it's all very messy. That's that's. Do you know that's one of the things I actually took from it? Wouldn't it just? It makes you sad that golf is like this. Yeah, and hopefully it's just a. Kind of a transient phase, yeah. yeah. And we get back to a point where everyone's playing amicably, um, more regularly with each other. Because it was good. It was good to see everyone playing. It was good. You know, I I enjoyed the fact that the dynamic was there. Um, there didn't seem to be any animosity between the players. Everyone was just getting on with it, and it was a good good mix of uh, you know PGA Tour players. Um, yeah, the odd DP World Tour player and, um, of course, the live players all 
rubbing shoulders and competing against each other. There will be at the PGA lots and lots and lots of um, player live player crowd interaction in New York State. <laughs> it's a slightly different vibe to the uh, Masters yeah. patrons. Yes, with their respect. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be interesting. Mm. Reed will thrive in it. Absolutely thrive in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, he doesn't care, does he? He loves it. Absolutely loves being the black sheep. Uh, Before we move on to the RBC, I think it's also worth mentioning the golf betting system and what kind of week we had at the Masters. It was our, well, we we absolutely crushed all of our previous records. Mm. Visits to the website, downloads of the podcast, views on YouTube. Any kind of metric that we had was crushed. And that's good because I think that also shows that golf has recovered from the low of last year where all of the talk was completely about the split. Yep. Now I think people are just wanting to get back into golf betting. Yeah, yeah, and enjoying it as for the spectacle it is, and uh, and I think there's thanks to the the listeners and uh, to the visitors to the site as well for for that, and those of you who've shared the content with uh, with like minded friends, etc. It's all very much appreciated. So, uh, so thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, as Paul alludes to, if you're if you listen to this and you know you you go down to the 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 golf club and just. Just mention it to a, a guy that you or a girl that you play with. Just that's the way that this organically grows. It's just conversations in the bar after a round or down the pub or on the train, whatever it is. Um, yeah, just just spread the word and the mm. podcast will follow. But yeah, record numbers. Thank you very very much. Right, let's talk this week. Let's talk RBC Heritage. We have no DP World Tour action. Just as a, um, a front, next week I won't be covering the team event. I never do. I'm not interested in it. Paul will have full coverage next week of the ISPS Handa Championship, which they're playing in Japan. They are indeed. On the yes. DP World Tour. So that'll be interesting. There will be a podcast, but we will only be visiting that particular event. I am not into that team event in any way, shape, or form. No. I used to go on holiday, but clearly I can't do that now because I have a son at primary <laughs> school. Yep. Um, great event this week, super field. Um, Will Zalatoris won't be playing. He had a back operation on Sunday, I believe. Mm. He's out for the rest of the year, so um, I hope Will gets better soon. There's clearly been issues there. Yep. Um, he's just a tall chap, isn't he, that <clears throat> can absolutely, from a very th- you know, thin, wiry frame, generate huge amounts of torque and power. Yeah. Back problem. Just puts pressure on the back, doesn't it? And uh, a few guys struggle and unless you let it heal or um, you know, find a way to, to make it heal. It's... Uh... It can just keep getting worse. Mm. So, yeah, wheels out for the year, but um, hopefully comes back stronger. It's a designated event. Jason Day was the first to withdraw. He withdrew over the weekend. Alex Noren then went, and then yesterday, clearly Will, and Rory's WD'd. So, um, 
We've had some some top quality players drop out, but it's it's still the best field we've ever seen the week after the Masters. Mm. Yeah. In terms of best bookmaker for the RBC Heritage, we are highlighting Bet365, who has ever have their each way extra market <clears throat> excuse me available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the RBC Heritage to win outright market. I have used their eight places each way at a fifth, the odds market, specifically with a number of my tips. Now, right now, as we record the pod, they are offering market best odds and eight places each way on Colin Morikawa and Jordan Spieth, the defending champion at 20 to 1. Victor is at 22 to 1. Xander is at 25 to 1. Matt Fitzpatrick at 28 to 1. Tyrrell Hatton and Sam Burns. We were talking about this off mic. I can't quite understand why Sam Burns is always such a good price. But he's 40 to 1 with Bet365 this week. Or how about, Barry would love this, the Bermuda Grass Green Monster, Siwoo Kim. He's at 80 to 1 with Bet365. He's as short as 66 to 1 with Paddy Powell. Mm. <clears throat> We recommend Bet365 if you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current Bet £10, get £30 in free bets. New customer promotion plus a link through to that very other with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code. Paul, what is the bonus code? The bonus code is SPORT30. SPORT30. Nice and simple to remember that one. When registering, yes. SPORT30. Probably a, a good time, as you just mentioned, Barry, just to, to mention where he is because um, he's, he's clearly not here talking to us. Barry's out in the Algarve this week um, on a golfing holiday. So uh, he played played Villamora um, Saturday. I think he played the old course yesterday. And he said, said he shot 79, which is extremely impressive. I think we might shoot 79 on the front nine there, Steve, if you and I went. Um, yeah, I'd be uh, aiming for 150 total, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but yes, no Barry this week. Uh, hopefully Barry will be back to tell us all about it uh, next Tuesday. Must be lovely out there. Mm. Well gel Yep, would be my summary. Right, we're by the coast. I do love this spot. It is beautiful. Mm. Harbour Town Golf Links. If you believe it's a golf links, you'd be wrong. It's no typical coastal course. Instead, I categorise it as a Carolina track. It shares features with Quail Hollow. Sedgefield Country Club, where they play the Wyndham. You can throw Pinehurst number two in there, where they had the 2013 US Open. Yep, sounds right. Also, Copperhead. I'll go into that in a little bit more detail, but where they play uh, the Valspar, Copperhead. Now, I know that's in Florida, but that is as Carolina a golf course as you will ever find. And what do I mean by Carolina? Pretty. I mean, you could say that, in a way, um, Augusta is a blown-up Carolina golf course. Pine straw, tree-lined holes, lots and lots and lots of dog legs. That's what we've got this week. There's some great images there where you can be in the middle of the fairway and you're still being blocked by trees. 
It's one of those really tight, claustrophobic golf courses. Yeah. It's a peat die design, so we've got loads and loads and loads of peat die courses on the PGA Tour we can really get struck into if you're looking for PG uh, for, for die specialists. Or you could just go to our brand new predictor model and you could get to the peat die variable and that will show you the most um, prolific peat die golfers over the last five years on the PGA Tour. Yes, that predictor could be very useful. This golf course, um, yes, Carolina golf course, it's a mid-score golf course when the wind doesn't blow, so I wouldn't be surprised because it looks to me as if the wind's laying down for this in relative terms, especially when we're comparing it to last week at Augusta and when we compare it to last year. Thursday here last year, it was gusting 30. Yeah. So I'm thinking a good mid-score target. So where could we get to? I'm just I'm just scanning through. Uh, Spieth was at 13, Sink at 19, Webb Simpson 22. Now, that Webb Simpson year was COVID year. Um, it was soft as soft could be here. I think they played it in June, and they just watered it because it's so hot in this region. Yeah. Stuart Sink, 19 under. I don't think that would be too far away. That's 17 to 20 range. I think that's what you're going to need this week. Mm. Yeah, feels right. 17 to 20. The golf course itself has been freshly extended. It's now 7,191 yards, but it's short. It's a par 71. Uh, short golf courses. Again, there's another variable in the predictor model. Players in this field who specialise on short golf courses over the last five years on the PGA Tour. Holes with water hazards, 18. I see Tony Finau's getting some steam this week. They clearly haven't read that stat. <laughs> uh, fairways. Celebration Bermuda grass overseeded with perennial rye grass. Rough is exactly the same. It's minimal at 0.75 inches. So if you miss fairways here, it doesn't matter. Greens, the smallest on tour. 3,700 square feet. They are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, yet again overseeded with Poa Tribulus. We have seen this so much on the PJ Tour this year. It is the go-to grass, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, before we get to the summer and the bent grass. Last year, bearing in mind those 30-mile-an-hour gusts on Thursday, 70.74 was the average, just under par, 71. It ranked as uh, in the top 20 most difficult courses on the PGA Tour. year before that, 70.33. It was mid-pack, uh, 26 of 51 courses for difficulty. That's, I think, where we're going to be this time around. Fairways are thin. 22 yards wide at 300 yards carry. That compares to the Oaks course where they played the Valero Texas Open the week before the Masters. That was 29 yards wide. <clears throat> I like this test. It's a, it's an interesting... It's a, Jordan Spieth said it in an interview on Sunday. This golf course is the antipathy. It's the complete 180 of what you see at Augusta. Augusta, length off the tee, high ball flight, power. Here, 
It's all about hitting fairways on the right side of the fairway. You are better off here sometimes being, you can hit the fairway and be on the wrong side of the hole. You're better off missing the fairway and being on the right side of the hole. Yeah, and this is the trees, isn't it? It's, it's avoiding the, you know, or getting the angle so that you're not going to get um, blocked by trees or having to play some kind of, um, you know, big hooky sling or whatever around, you know, around, around trees to try and uh, try and find the greens. But you need to plot your way around. It needs to be a bit more thoughtful, I think. And as you said, these greens are tiny, aren't they? So. If you're leaving yourself out of position, then you're going to be scrambling a lot. Your short game's going to need to be pretty sharp if you're going to be uh, keeping in the mix. Of recent winners, I'd suggest slightly over um, average off the tee here helps. But mm. it isn't a be-all and end-all. I mean, we've seen Brian Gay win here, for God's sake. Yep. Jim Furyk, absolute course monster. It's one of those courses that's a rare on the PGA Tour where basically it takes indiscriminate power out of the mix. So you've got pretty much the whole field playing from the same parts of yeah. fairways on lots and lots of holes. So at that point, it's pretty much an approach play and scrambling golf course. Yeah. Who's got the best approaches and when they miss, who's got the best up and down game? And as Jordan Spieth proved last year, isn't even a putting contest because he was 60th for strokes going putting last year and won. 3.335 strokes gained per round, first for tee to green. He was 60th for putting. So team no putt can actually work around here. I'll take you through the strokes going per course um, metrics of the champ of the winners here since 2016. So this is where they ranked in the field and you just add them all up, divide them through the number of champions. Heritage, 29th for off the tee. 11th for approach, 18th for around the green. That equals 5th for tee to green. And then 18th is the average strokes gained putting performance of champions here going back to 2016. Approach play, around the green, tee to green. That's the key this week. Those numbers are incredibly close to what we find at two recent events. One, the Valspar Championship, again, Copperhead, and the Players' Championship. Yeah. No, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It's not no. about indiscriminate power off the tee. Yeah. Yeah, a bit more strategy. What did we always used to say? Plodders will prosper or plotters will prosper? Not plodders, because that's a US Open, but plotters will prosper here. Mm. A couple of other trends. 10 of the 14 winners here from 2009 onwards had all finished in the top 10 around Copperhead prior to winning here. And Brandon Grace has gone on to finishing the top 10 at the Valspar post his victory here in 2017. That's 11 of 14 in total. You can broaden, <clears throat> broaden the Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass link as well. Excellent performances on other Tiff Eagle type greens featured at, say, Kapalua, PGA National, where they do the Honda Classic, Bay Hill from 2016 onwards, and TPC Sawgrass, which these days features those two feature exactly the same green yeah 
I'm also looking at, Paul, I'm, I've just looked here at Jordan Spieth, Stuart Sink and Webb Simpson, the last three winners here. Mm. All had a top six at Kapalua, Century Tournament of Champions. Yep. All had a top five finish at the Sony Open, where they play the uh, Wildlife Country Club. And yes, I've got first and seventh for Spieth at Copperhead. I've got second and third for Sink at Copperhead. And I've got second and eighth for Simpson at Copperhead. Another great comp for me is Colonial Country Club. Spieth's won there. Stuart Sink's finished second there. Webb Simpson's finished third there. Yeah, yeah. Again, that makes sense, dimension-wise. You can also look at Travellers, which is a Pete Dye course, TPC River Highlands, and, of course, Sedgefield Country Club, where they play the Wyndham. Now, a lot of the best players don't play the Wyndham because that's the week before the FedEx Cup playoffs start, but mm. you can look back in sort of elite players' histories when they were lower down the pecking order, and, you know, Jordan Spieth has finished second there. That was the Patrick Reed one at Wyndham, I believe. Mm. Webb Simpson, well... <laughs> His form at Sedgefield Country Club. We could yeah, be here for 10 minutes just describing the, the, the top 10 finishes. So, yes, it's all fairly logical. It's 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 the same kind of courses where power is negated to a certain extent. The majority of recent champions did play the Masters prior to triumphing here. So, Spieth did last year. Sink did. Satoshi Kodaira, we won't go down that route. Always like to wind Barry up with that one. Satoshi, <laughs> Siwoo Kim, yeah. Brendan Grace, or Brandon Grace, Jim Furyk twice, Matt Kuchar, Graham McDowell, Brandt Schnedeker, Boo Weekly. All played at the Masters. There are exceptions, though. Brian Gay in 2009, Carl Petersen Carl in 2012. Wes Bryan in 2016 and C.T. Pan in 2019, they did not play the Masters. So you can't rule players out that didn't play last week. I've actually got one in my tip who didn't play last week. Yeah, slightly different <clears throat> dynamic this year with the um, elevated status, which has meant more of those guys have played. But uh, yeah, it's interesting stat nonetheless. I think there might be something in here about a player in the top 20 in the world who's at a reasonably good price, doesn't have to be in good form, comes here and wins. You've got a whole tranche of them when you look at previous winners. I've actually misplaced the sheet of paper that I was going to look at, which is typical me, really. But, um, yeah, McDowell was in there. I think he missed the cut the week before. Brandon Grace missed the cut the week before. Here we go. I've got it. <clears throat> yeah, GMAC. He was 18th in the world, missed the cut the week before winning this. 40 to 1. Uh, Jim Furyk, he was 25 to 1, 10th in the world. Brandon Grace missed the cut. I think Furyk missed the cut as well, one of the years he won at the Masters. Uh, Grace, 40 to 1, 14th in the world, 40 to 1, won this after missing the cut. Mm. So I just went through the top 20 in the world and I found yesterday, let's just see if the price is still available. Not that I'm suggesting you should back it, but this just showed you this is something that we've highlighted in the past. 
Last week, uh, yesterday, when it was first chalked up with Bet365, Kirk Kitayama was 110 to 1. He's now 125 to 1. 20th in the world, 125 to 1, Kirk Kitayama. That's crazy. Mm. He's actually he's actually lengthened. Bearing yep. in mind he won a Bay Hill a few weeks ago. Also, yeah. did he make the quarter? Fi- he made the last 16 of the world match play. I know that. He's, yeah, he's playing some good stuff. He, 125 to 1, mate. Yeah, said it before, he's one of these players who just tends to be um, kind of overlooked by the bookies. So when he does come up, it t- does tend to be at a nice price. Then I found everyone, apart from Zalatoris at this point, because they then went on to withdraw, everyone was pretty much 40 to 1 and under, as you would expect. Russell Henley's been hammered, but then he would be. Now... Mm. You know Russell Henley's on my post-it note of doom. Uh, I've never seen Russell Henley go back to back in a you know two decent events. It just yep. doesn't ever seem to happen. So I wouldn't be touching Henley this week. Goes on and wins clearly. But um, the player I said off mic to you, I haven't backed him by the way, but I'm just throwing stuff out there for the audience. We mentioned Colonial. Well, he won there last year, beat Scotty Sheffield in a playoff. We also mentioned Copperhead. He's won there twice. First ever maiden title, he then defended that maiden title. Sam Burns, 40 to 1. Does not compute. Yeah. Again, that's just a symptom of the quality of the field because um, yeah, he's well capable. And, you know, the guy just keeps racking up wins, doesn't he? Now, I know we're in the UK and Ireland over here, but why would Sam Burns, who's won a WGC a couple of weeks ago, is it five PGA Tour victories he's had re- this? Yeah, yeah, in the last, what, 40, 50 events, whatever the number is, it's, it's a cracking strike. Why rate. is he 40 to 1? And Shane Lowry, who's only ever once in America, won once in America, 28 to 1. Mm. It's just, it's nonsensical. So that, to me, would be a great value bet, Sam Burns. Mm. Just, yeah, he, just he plays well. On these kind of courses, that's that's clear. Hmm. Uh, we have had players in the past that have literally won. I think uh, Jim Furyk did it back in the day. He won at Cophead and then came here and won this after the Masters. So it has been done. Um, I'm not on in mind, so it's probably a good reason to back him. My top tip is Colin Morikawa. If you if you run a model here and you just say approach around the green, a little bit of driving accuracy in there. Morikawa was just all over it. Him and Scheffler are the best approach players on the PGA Tour right now. So I've uh, I managed to get eighteen to one on Morikawa. He's now widened to twenty to one with Bet three six five on their each way extra. So twenty to one, Colin Morikawa. I'm on that. I still can't believe Paul, a player of his quality, a major, a perennial major performer, a guy that's won two majors already, hasn't won globally for seventeen months. No, and he's had chances. You know, he's had really good chances, and uh, it's just not happened. But uh, it, again, you know, sometimes it's just that mental block that you need to overcome again during your course of your career, and then the the wins start flowing again. Get back into the winning mindset, and when he does, he'll he'll win a bunch more. I'm sure. Winners recently. On the PGA Tour. Ram was 9-1 to one last week, third favourite. Corey Connors. I mean, 20-1 to one on Corey Connors, please. 
but he just loves San, San Antonio, goes and wins at 20 to 1. I think he was third favourite. Matt yeah. Wallace, 25 to 1 at Corrales. It, it's, it's, the PGA Tour has become very, very simplified. 70 to 1, Taylor Moore. So he was, he, he was a, a big price in reality. One, his maiden tour. Scotty Scheffler at the players, 11 to 1. We had that shot with Kitty Armour at 200 to 1. Then we've had Chris Kirk, 25 to 1. John Rahm, 15 to 2. Scotty Scheffler, 14 to 1. Justin Rose, 25 to 1. It's all sub 25 to 1. So I'm on Morikawa, who I think at 18 to 1 was a good bet, 20 to 1. Fabulous bet for me. He must be arriving here knowing that the course suits. He's got decent form at Colonial. He's got that great link. Uh, he's also had a top seven at Wildlife Country Club. Uh, he's got such a great record at Kapalua. And that, that, again, seems a course that really does tie into this. I think if you want an elite player that's motivated to actually not have a down week, but actually think, Christ, this is a huge opportunity here to grab that elusive win that I'm looking for. Mm. I think Morikawa's a decent shout. Uh, just on the Ryder Cup qualification, by the way, Scheffler one now, Homer two, Cam Young up to three, Sam Burns four. Sam Burns fourth in Ryder Cup qualification, 40 to one. Does not compute. Will Zalatoris at five, where well, we know he's not going to be playing in the Ryder Cup. Colin Morikara yeah. is the last auto spot at six. A lot of big names not in that top six, isn't there? Yeah. They're going to have to work their way in and not rely on a captain's pick. No one wants to rely on a captain's pick. Yeah, yeah. Zalatoris opens the door up for someone again now, but Definitely. yeah, yeah. I also, and I've done this so many times, and you and I are specialists at this. We go balls deep, all in on a player at a big tournament, misses the cut, the next outing, goes and wins. I'm all over. When was the last time we saw 28 to 1 on Justin Thomas? I believe over in America, he's been marked up at 33 to 1 with some sports books on a win only basis. Third mm. time so in 28 to 1 with William Hill, two points each way on Justin Thomas. Yes, it was disappointing, but he's the kind of player, and, we, and I keep saying this Furick in 10, GMAC 2013. Grace 2014, Jordan Spieth last year, missed the cut at the Masters, win this. Yeah. Means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And what was it? In the end, it was you know, a, a, a bad back nine. And, uh, you know, you, I don't think you can write someone off just because they had a, you know, a rough few holes. It's... Um, yeah, he could bounce back. I can see your logic with him. Thomas still ranks in the top 11 across my eight-week strokes going T to green metric. Mm. So it's not as if he's playing awful golf. It really isn't. So, yeah, I'm on... Again, just look at Thomas. Kapalua link? Well, he's won there twice. Okay. Has he done anything at the Sony Open? Well, he's won that. And you just go through all of these courses. Any good at TPC Sawgrass? Yeah, he won the players last year. Go through all of the courses that mean something. Thomas has got a huge result there. Mm. 
Just it just needs something to click in his head, and it clicked with Jordan last year. So, uh, and again, uh, because Jordan and JT are so close, these guys they they just they just talk about things and can constantly wind each other up. I'm sure Spieth will be going in there. You know, oh, I won here last year, JT, and la, 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 you missed the cut last week. That's the kind of thing that might fire him up. So yeah, twenty-eight to one. I thought it was a great, great price on JT. You can either like it or loathe it. I'm on it. Um, where are you chiming in? Because my next tip is forty-five to one. Yeah, I've got I've, I'm, I've about four in total this week, but it's a similar kind of structure to yours. But I've got a couple that are in similar kind of price brackets to the two you just mentioned. So um, I know we we were all on Jordan Spieth last week. Um, I I'm denied whether to stick with him this week and. Um, in the end, twenty to one, I have taken. Um, you know, he won this last year. His final round last week, and notwithstanding he bogeyed the final hole. In fact, there was a couple of early bogeys as well, wasn't there on the front line? Yeah, you know, you know, had he gone, had he had produced a clean card on Sunday, um, he could have put you know a, a fair amount of pressure on John Rahm at the end there. Um, as it was, he didn't, you know. It's, well, and if he uh, didn't double the, the 13th on Thursday, yeah, it's, it's, which that was a three-shot swing, straight one. It's all ifs and buts, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. No, fourth, fourth overall, um, I thought that was decent enough. Um, he topped, the, you know, in terms of raw stats, um, topped the putting average stats last week as well, which um, when the putter is working for Jordan, um, and it's there's no guarantee. You, know, you, you talked about his stats here last year. He was way down the putting stats, but still won. Putting much better at the moment. And, you know, some touching wood um, seems to be uh, cutting out some of these very short misses as well. Um, so if you can continue that trend, then uh, he, he's, uh, he's going to be formidable, I think. Uh, won the last two Aprils on the trot. You know, both of them were on Easter Sunday. So, again, that was one of the little micro trends last last week that was we were hoping to uh, to come to fruition not quite but perhaps he'll continue the april trend this week um, and make it three aprils on the trot that he's uh, he's won you've also talked about players defending more regularly recently oh, yeah, it's, certain, sure. it's yeah. you know certainly something that sticks out in the stats so um yeah i i i, I, I did hesitate it wasn't my first Better the week, but um, I have decided to stick with Spieth. The other one I backed at a similar price, um, twenty-eight to one, is Matt Fitzpatrick. Mm. Now I came close on him, very, yeah, very close. Yeah, the thing that could kind of put you off—he had been struggling with a sore neck for a few weeks, running up to Augusta. But I've I've listened to what he said. I've read his uh, interviews. He says he was absolutely a one hundred percent with it last week. No pain, no discomfort whatsoever. Um, he described his performance, 10th he finished in the Masters, he described his performance last week as the best that he's played since uh, Hawaii. Again, you've talked about Kapalua, he played, I think he finished 7th there, something like that. 7th, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of ticks that box. Last week, 3rd for scrambling, I think he's going to be, hey, we know he's got a great short game, um, that's going to be key this week for players who do miss greens. But, you know, Matt, when he's playing well, he hits lots of greens. Um, he's a plotter. This... Harbour Town, he has described in his own words as his, yeah, his favourite course in the entire world. He played here um, 10 years or so ago as an amateur, absolutely fell in love with Harbour Town. Um, the course suits his game. 
Um, it's finished fourth here back in 2021. He's got a couple of other top 15, top 14 finishes. And he's putted really well when he's played here. The last, uh, well, two of the last times, uh, two of the last three times that he's played here, in fact, the last two times that he's made the cut, he's finished second and third for strokes game putting. So um, game suits, form here, can putt here, um, scrambling really well. Seems to be fit, 28 to 1. Yeah, it uh, seemed like a, a, a nice bet for me for Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, so yeah, so they're my two there. I've got one shared with you, um, and then I've got a longer one a bit further down the line. So uh, I'll, I'll let you take back over. I looked at the board, and I saw JT and Matt Fitzpatrick next to each other, mm. and I could only take one. So I'd take JT over Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, though, is perfect for this golf course. And it was the first time in a long while he was very, very positive last week with his irons. Mm. That's his game. Yeah. Well, we describe what this golf course is. Irons, scrambling, good putter. Well, that's Matt Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I personally, personally would take Fitzpatrick. If I if I wanted to back one, I would take Fitzpatrick over Shane Lowry. Yeah, you know, and Shane opened up at 40. And Shane Lowry's playing some good golf at the moment. Yeah, well, we talked about his long game and uh, you know his raw stats from last week. They look really good, and he's got a great record here. So you can see why punters have put two and two together. Yeah. Um, he's been found in the market. You know, 28 to 1, generally a little bit 33s right now. I expect he'll go off at 28s because he'll continue to be backed um, for those very reasons. But yeah, preference for me... Uh, Definitely with Fitz, but Fitzpatrick we'll as well, top three at Copperhead. Mm. So yeah, ticking lots and lots and lots and lots of boxes. He's again, he's also one of those. You look at the top twenty in the world. Fitzpatrick was first chalked up for the guy that's ranked sixteenth in the world. He was he was chalked up at thirty to one, which I thought was a decent. That's the kind of price that likely to win here. Mm. It was certainly likely to win here pre-designated event day. So. I, I like I like that bet a lot. Tom Kim. I guarantee you're on him. Yep. He we is don't, our shared. We don't talk about our tips before we come on the podcast, <laughs> by the way. It's just perfect for this golf course. Absolutely perfect for this mm. golf course. Yeah. And the interesting number I gleaned this morning as we were going through the top GIR guys, Tom Kim was seventh for Greens and Reg last week mm. at a 7,900 in reality length golf course. Yeah, on debut. Tom Kim won't win the Masters in his career. There you go. I said it. He hasn't got the power. He hasn't got the mumbo. Might go close. Sure he will over the years, but he won't win it, in my opinion, because that golf course now, you need Mumbo. I mean, John Rahm won it, for God's sake. Mm. And they're only making it longer. So, But Tom Kim at a Players' Championship. Tom Kim at somewhere like this that is short, all about approach, playing short game. Perfect. Yeah. Winner at Sedgefield Country Club last year at the Wyndham. He won at 20 under par. We were all on as well at TPC Summerlin this season at the Shriners when he won at 24 under par. So I'm gleaning from this. Low scoring, 
or lower scoring short golf courses. He's won on bent grass, he's won on Bermuda grass. Doesn't seem to matter. So yeah, we've said all along, this guy's a phenomenon. He's won 10 times globally. He seems to go to golf courses and suss them out straight away. You just said that was his debut last week at Augusta. He's also had a third at the Genesis Scottish Open last year and a fifth at Kapalua this year. So he can play by the coast. 20 years of age, unbelievable. Yeah. I thought 45 to 1 with William Hill, eight place each way, was a very nice price on Tom Kim. Absolutely. Just, just uh, that had to be taken. And, you know, I, uh, he, he's, he, he drifts back out, doesn't he, in, in, in terms of the prices when, uh, when he's not at the very top. But 16th last week on a course, as you described, far too long for him right now. Perhaps, you know, perhaps over the years, Steve, he'll, he'll get himself in the gym and, um, and he'll yeah. put on those extra few yards or get his swing speed up like uh, Matt I'm Fitzpatrick already has. regretting saying it, to be honest. Well, so. no, I see, yeah. Uh, in his current guise, he can't. But if he bulks yeah. up and all of a sudden he's banging it three twenty, yeah, he might have a chance. Yeah, but yeah, right now with where he is, with his game, with his stature, um, these shorter kind of plotter style courses suit far far better, and this yeah sets up beautifully for him this week. I think. I think what what you have to try and do is look through previous performances and just say, well, he was never going to do a lot there. You know, is is Tom Kim ever going to rip apart a Bay Hill mm. on debut in, you know, gusting 30 miles? So, you know, the, the numbers we've seen recently from him aren't... But as soon as you get him to a golf course... I mean, we are all... I know he was very, very popular at the players and he disappointed there. But the logic fits... And actually, there were seeds last week at Augusta that that approach play, that tee to green game, is coming back. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I've also gone for the plotter that is Matt Kuchar. Now, we've seen in the past, uh, we've seen Kyle Petterson finish second the week before the Masters, not play the Masters, come here and win. And Kuchar has had a great year so far, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Impressive. He's on the fringes of that magical recapturing his world top 50 spot. I think he's 51st or 52nd. Win this and you're top 25. And all of a sudden, the majors are there for you. The world's a better place, yeah? Mm. He's earned $3.3 million here across 19 appearances. 10th, 7th, 1st, 5th, 9th, 2nd and 3rd last year. He was second last time out at the Valero Texas Open. He beat Victor Hovland and Siwoo Kim at the WGC Dell match play, where he got out of the group. Hovland hadn't been playing too badly recently. No. He was second for greens in regulation, third for ball striking, third for strokes gained on approach, and second for strokes gained tee to green at the Valero Texas Open. He's had a win here in 2014. Clearly, he's won at Sawgrass. He's won at El Chameleon, where they played the or used to play the um, Mayakoba. He's won at Wirelight Country Club, the Sony Open. I know he's not exciting, and Barry would be poo-pooing 
the tip. But you just can't argue. If you're looking to join dots, cross T's and dot I's, Matt Kuchar for this place is absolutely perfect. And he comes in here in the best golf that he's played for years. And he's been mixing yeah. it in some half-decent fields. You know, sixth at the Genesis a few uh, couple of months ago. Getting out of the group at the World Match Play. So, yeah, I thought 45-1 to 1 was not a bad price on Matt Kuchar. And I think he's gone out to 50s, so... I think with Kuchar, and he's one of these players that we've said before, he telegraphs how he's playing and he's, you know, an impending win and it, it kind of builds up to it. And generally, as a result of that, you get a very poor price when he does eventually win. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, in a, in a lower quality field, if you were putting him in a non-elevated, non-designated field this week on the back of the form that he's shown recently um, and with his course form, It'd probably be 16, 20 to 1 in a... Yeah, you know, I said, I thought 20. In a He'd be field. Corey Connors at the Valero a yeah, few weeks yeah, ago. Precisely. He'd be second or third favourite. go, oh, I'm not touching, I'm not cu- touching Matt Kuchar. Remember Ricky at the Valero, 16 mm. to 1. Not back in yeah. Ricky at 16 to 1. Yeah. But unfortunately, they're going to win one of these tournaments and people won't, we probably won't be on board. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ricky could go well this week? Because again, I I would put Kuchar and Fowler in exactly the same category. Yeah. When you, when you but, look at their wins, they're telegraphed, and they've all come off a top ten, a top eight, a top five, and then you get the victory. Yeah. There's there is something improving with um, with uh, with Fowler, but the nature of this course, yeah, there's there's still some big big misses with Ricky Fowler from off the tee. Yeah. Um, Kuchar far more measured, far more, um, you know, far more of a plotter, you know. And yeah. if that's the kind of player that we think can uh, contend, can place, can potentially, you know, get into a position to win this, then mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, of the two, I'd be, um, I'd be veering towards uh, your selection, Kuchar. I must say. My last tip is available at seventy to one with Unibet, six places each way. If you're looking for a player in the world rankings, this guy is the second highest not to have won on the PGA Tour. Would you know who the highest is, Paul, who hasn't won on the PGA Tour in the world rankings currently? Uh, what kind of what kind of number are you talking about? What kind of uh, over twentieth in the rankings? I don't know. Put put me out my misery. Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, okay. The highest ranked player in the world that hasn't won on the PGA Tour. Mm. Now, if Tommy could hit a green, he'd be dangerous this week. <laughs> but on the basis you haven't got to hit copious amounts of greens because it's almost impossible, Fleetwood, again, has a great chance here, could place. And that would be typical again because I was all over him last week and he did bugger all. The second highest placed um, non-winner on the PJ Tour on the world rankings is Sahith Tigala. And I, I've i kind of tailed him, and I, I, you can't back him regularly, but what I've seen of him of late, he was 13th for total driving and 11th for ball striking last week on his debut at the Masters. Now... 
Tigala's driving has always been his weakness. He's errant. And I, I, I expect there's something here at this golf course. If you want to look at a stat, it's um, fairways hit, but not fairway. It would be good. What do they call it? That stat where it's, um, where, you, where, you, where you don't hit the fairway, but if you hit GIR, it's a good drive. I think right, good okay. drive percentage would be something to look at for this. Mm. I think Sir Heath's is slowly improving. He seems to be able to get a little bit more consistency with the driver. But from driver in, Sir Heath Degala is an amazing player. Really good approach play when he's crisp. He's around the green game and putting can be lights out. And actually, when you just look at where he's done well, just this season, sixth at Silverado, well, that's in California, 7,200 yard par 72, tree lined, short. Fifth at Narashino, so he was fifth at the CJ Cup out in, not the CJ Cup, the Zozo out in Japan. Again, claustrophobic, tree-lined golf course, loads of dog legs. He was then second at the RSM Classic. Now, the RSM Classic, they played at Sea Island, which is about 300 miles down the, down the Atlantic coast from here. There's some decent carryover with Stuart Sink and Webb Simpson, players that yeah. have done really well there. Mm. Of one here. So that's all ticks. Fourth at Torrey Pines. I mean, that's a booming uh, course in, in California by the coast. Sixth at Riviera. These are big boy fields as well. Fourteenth at Bay Hill. He then goes and gets a top 10 on his debut at Augusta. And not only that, that shot he played on 16 on Sunday, the, the Tiger Woods kind of... If you're not going to be arriving here with positivity and momentum, I don't know what yeah, you're yeah. doing that. He was second for last 36 hole and third for last 54 hole scoring at the Masters last week. He's also finished seventh at Copperhead last season as a rookie. Fifth at Muirfield Village. Well, we know Jack Nicholas's design. That's a classical tree-lined affair. And he finished second, of course, behind Xander at the Travellers' Championship which again, tight, short, tree-lined, bent power greens, I get that, but it's a peak die design. So you actually look at his body of work. Tigala, who has played here once, made the cut, didn't do, didn't tear up any trees, but he made the cut. Been here before, coming here with huge momentum. I just thought 60 to 1 about that was a good price. Yeah. No. And if we're looking at someone that's reasonably well-ranked and at a good price point, I thought Tigala at 60 to 1 on a bloke that's just finished in the top 10 at a Masters. Mm. That's a good price. You'd look at it afterwards going, oh, yeah, it's fairly obvious, really. So, yes, that's my biggest price. I've got Tigala at 60s, Matt Kuchar at 45s, Tom Kim at 45s, Justin Thomas at 28 to 1. Yes, 28 to 1. And I believe there's 33 to 1 in the North America. And we've also got Colin Morikara. I've got him at 18. You can grab him right now at 20 to 1 with Bet365. Eight places each way via their each way extra facility. Now, you've got a long shot. Hit us with it. Well, yeah, it's not not overly long. I, I've i really struggled to get anything in three figures, I must say. And this guy opened up in three figures, but he's been nibbled into 80s. Uh, and that's JT Poston. Yeah. Now, he talks about Tom Kim winning the Wyndham. Uh, Poston's another Wyndham winner. Um, that was his breakthrough win back in 2019. Um, 
also won the John Deere Classic last year, didn't he? A couple of uh, they were both twenty one, twenty two under par. And whether they get quite as deep as that this week, I'm not sure, but it, it'll be somewhere approaching that. I expect this week. Should he win, that would undoubtedly be his biggest win of his career, given the uh, the players it is up against. But he's playing some nice stuff. Tenth at the Valspar, which we've talked about in terms of correlation. Uh, he got through his group at the World Match Play as well, so uh, playing some decent stuff recently. Closed with a 70 last week at Augusta for his personal best, 34th overall um, at Augusta. And so, you know, for me, he should have some confidence coming into an, uh, an event and a course that he's played really well at in the past. Sixth in debut back in um, 19, eighth in 2020, third last year where he closed with a 64. So as an each way punt, uh, 80 to 1, eight places currently available as we record this uh, just before nine o'clock on Tuesday morning. Um, felt like a, a decent each way punt for me. So, so yeah, posting's in for me. I've, the four that I've backed, um, Spieth, Fitzpatrick, Tom Kim, JT Poston. He almost took out Sheffield at the match play, didn't he? Wasn't he yeah. three clear at one point when Scotty's did was you know starting real slow, wasn't he? That all worked that week. Yeah, it wasn't. I think he was two up with four or five to play, wasn't he? And uh, there was some really good stuff. Yeah, there's, there's enough there to pique my interest for for future events. He does like his Carolina golf golf courses, doesn't he? Mm, yep. Yeah. yeah well, that, you get the feeling with wind. him, posting. He's one of these slow burners. He's, he 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 could get to a very good level, but it's just mm. taken time to build the confidence and the comfort on the on the main tour. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. dangerous, very dangerous. Both yeah. of those wins, yeah, lower wins scoring are... events, yeah, yeah. As I say, yeah, twenty one, twenty two under. So um, yeah, probably a little bit too deep for what we get here. But um, yeah, if we're getting up to seventeen, eighteen, nineteen this week, it's not not out of the uh, same ballpark, is it? No, no, I can see that. I think that's us then. Clearly, it's a it's a quicker podcast on the basis that Barry didn't. Barry isn't here with his plan. <laughs> yeah, chipping in. <clears throat> Did you see anyone at a bigger price of that? You might just get in the places. Oh, the, the name, the name that I would always throw at you, which isn't Siwoo Kim because he's not big enough. The name that's always, you know, from a world ranking perspective, and always disrespected in the betting market, would be Sepp Strucker. Mm. Yeah, back on Bermuda. I can't yeah. find him. Where is he? I'm trying to find him in the betting. I must have I must have overshot. Mm. The, the 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 only one that caught my eye briefly uh, was Ches Reevy at six hundred to one. Wow, um, who'd finished? I think he finished sixth on his um, previous start. Must have been in Texas. Bolero, yeah. I was yeah. Um, and you know, if we're looking for a player, it's, it's straight. And uh, you know, on occasion, um, you know, sporadically can find himself in the mix in uh, in top level fields. Then uh, potentially. You know that, that might be worth a, a a quid or two each way just to uh, satisfy the curiosity. But that was the, the only one really that caught my eye. The one that was available at quite big prices. I'm talking up to two hundred to one, and statistically was great. He was available at one hundred and forty to one this morning, and it's been backed in again. Mm. <clears throat> it would probably have been the one that I'd have gone for at this triple digit. Was JJ Spall. He's playing some nice stuff. He's he, he's he's playing kind of the same kind of level of golf as JT Poston. Mm. Spawn, a plotter, 
can plot his way around one of these kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just nuggety, nuggety. When he's on form, fairways and greens, and and the approach play can immac- be immaculate. So yeah, if I was going to advise one at triple or a couple at triple digits, it'd be Sepp Strucker, who we know is a Bermuda grass monster. He's available up to 125 to one right now. Eight place each way with William Hill, mm-hmm. and and the same would be JJ Spall, 125 to one shot. Generally available. Yeah. I think that's us, Paul. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Look forward to doing a bit of homework for the uh, Japan event next week. Yes. Hopefully it gets a reasonably high quality field. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas Herbert's playing. Christian Bizwedenhut. Bob McIntyre. That kind of level. So um, reasonable, I think. Yeah. And Higa. Mm. Bazuki. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck, Steve. Uh, best of luck to you. Best of luck to listeners. Please bet responsibly, of course, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you soon. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system the golf betting system is the golf